This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. One guy I don't want to forget who actually had a higher war than David Cohen, um, and his war, I guess, was right around where Doc Goodens was, was Robinson Cano, which I shouldn't forget. Robbie was a tremendous Yankee, 44.4 war, but with the Mets, it was 1.1, which is a lot higher than I actually thought it was. I thought it was going to be negative 0.2. Robbie Cano is... Fortunately, a footnote in Met history, and I think that his his legacy with the Mets is actually going to be better off than it could have been. And what I mean by that was there are two things that make Cano less offensive to us than what could have been. Number one, Steve Cohen paid him to go away. Like that matters. If the Wilpons were still running the team and forced Robinson Cano down our throats even more than he was forced down our throats, and it hindered the Mets from spending in other ways. I think Robinson Cano could have been an even bigger villain in the history of the Mets. So I think, A, Steve Cohen's money. And the number two, the Edwin Diaz trade. Like, that was such a controversial deal when it went down. And I remember my opinion, which a lot of people had, was, hey, I'm okay with taking Cano's contract back, but then why are we giving up a top prospect? And then vice versa. Oh, I'm okay with giving up a top prospect, but then why are we taking Cano's contract back? Like, Pick one of the two and do it. Don't do both. Don't give up a top prospect and take a bad contract back. Because I think we knew upon Cano's arrival that it was a bad contract. Like, we, 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 we sort of knew that going in. But anyhow, Robbie Cano was an outstanding New York Yankee and a shitty New York man. But how about one for the good guys? Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry's war was 36.6 with the Mets. I actually find this really interesting. Straw was 36.6 with the Mets. The guy slightly behind him, Carlos Beltran, was 31.1. So Straw, obviously a little bit better as a Met. I think most of us would agree. And then with the Yankees, they had the exact same wars. Strawberry, 2.9. Carlos Beltran, 2.8. So they both fit kind of that bill of really good Met, went to the Yankees at the end, and blah, whatever. Obviously, in Straw's case, he made more of an impact with the Yankees because they won. Kind of the same thing we talked about with Doc Gooden. He was able, and David Cohn to a degree, though Straw won with the Mets like Doc did. David Cohn did not. But Strawberry's a guy that Yankee fans like. Like you ask Yankee fans about Daryl Strawberry, they have a very positive opinion about him, even though he's clearly a Met. Carlos Beltran, same way. I think the Beltran legacy is so complicated because there are Met fans that don't forgive him for game seven of 06. That exists. There are Met fans that don't forgive him for, I guess, uh, approaching the Yankees about signing a contract before signing with the Mets. And there are just some Met fans that never fell in love with Carlos Beltran, even though the numbers will tell you he was a very, very good Met. And he was an okay Yankee, I guess. 33.9 is the combined war. 
The guy after that is Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, who it's so weird thinking of Ricky Henderson as a Yankee. And the reason I say that, as I was talking earlier about when I started watching baseball and when I started understanding baseball. So I'm understanding baseball and Ricky Henderson is one of the most exciting baseball players out there. He's electric. He's stealing bases. He's unbelievable. But think about when I started watching baseball. It was 1991, 1992. He won the MVP in 1990. The Oakland A's are this juggernaut. Like, they're in the World Series in 1990. And so when I grew up, Ricky Henderson was an A. And my dad would tell me, oh, yeah, he was with the Yankees for a bunch of years. I'm like, he was? Like, that's crazy. And so I knew he was with the Yankees, but growing up, I could never imagine him with the Yankees. Because to me, he was such an Oakland A. And obviously, he began his career with the A's. And so that those Yankee years mixed in in which he, look, he was undeniably an amazing ball player. I mean, he's stealing 90 bases a season. He's getting on base 40% of the time. You know, he's hitting 25 home runs, 30 home runs a season. Like his numbers with the Yankees are, you know, undeniable. He was only there for five years, but his numbers pretty much matched, you know, where he put up or what he put up overall in Oakland, even though he was with Oakland for a lot longer. So even today, talking about it in 2024, I still think it's weird to think of Ricky as a Yankee. Because it's not something I ever saw. And then kind of the opposite of what we say with Daryl and Doc, where he had success there or they won there. Ricky didn't win shit with the Yankees. Like, think about it. Those Yankee teams weren't any good. I mean, they had star players like Don Mattingly was the greatest player in the world. But the mid-80s Yankees didn't win a damn thing. So I don't know about you, Hofka. I know you're a little bit older than me. I still find it weird thinking about Ricky Henderson as a New York Yankee. No, I mean, I remember that stuff back in the day. Not that I remember, but I my family was such Yankees fans that that didn't shock me. I remember the Win, Winfield era. Like I, I know all those old guys, obviously Reggie Jackson. I didn't watch them growing up because I was too young. I didn't remember. But I, Ricky Henderson to me was definitely a Yankee. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Wow. So you go the other way. Like, I think of him as a Yankee. But here's the, the cool thing that we have on the Yankees about Ricky Henderson, despite the overall numbers and despite him getting a 30 war for the Yankees and a 1.3 with the Mets. And this is kind of cool because we don't get to say this very often. Ricky Henderson never, ever played in a postseason game for the New York Yankees. Never did it. Never happened. And yet for the Mets, especially in that uh, divisional series against Arizona, and I know it doesn't count as a playoff game, but the one-game playoff with Cincinnati in 1999, he was awesome. 
Like Ricky Henderson in 1999 was tremendous. And even though that year doesn't match the production he put up with the Yankees, it matters more because we won. Not a championship, of course. We don't win that. But we got to the playoffs and we had a fun run. And then unfortunately, it got defined by Ricky Henderson playing cards in the dugout with Bobby Bonilla. Well, not in the dugout, in the locker room with Bobby Bonilla. So unfortunately, that's the memory. Let's get to the next guy. And this is another one that we probably won't fight about as passionately as the David Cohn debate. But the other guy who I think goes down in Met history and Yankee history as a split, like we could argue, was he a better Met? Was he a better Yankee? This guy spent four years with the Mets, four years with the Yankees. He played 573 games with the Mets, 513 games with the Yankees. He hit 95 home runs with the Mets, 115 with the Yankees. He had a 784 OPS with the Mets and 829 OPS with the New York Yankees. And, you know, why not? I'll be a jerk here. This guy played in a World Series with the Mets. He did not with the New York Yankees. And, of course, I'm talking about Curtis Granderson. What, what comes to your mind when you think of Curtis Granderson, Pete? Dude, I love the signing. He was one of my favorite players, uh, you know, throughout the years, just watching him because he was a gritty guy, a 30-30 guy. I thought he was actually an underrated Met, like never really got the appreciation that he that he deserved. It's funny because I do remember him being a successful Met, but I actually remember him more as a as a Tiger because uh, when they the Yankees and, and the Tigers had some crazy series. And was it – which was the catch where, where he laid out – was it with the Yankees or was it the Tigers? He laid out and made this ridiculous catch in the outfield uh, that I just remember, like, that guy is amazing. Well, he was – look, he's a Tiger before he was a Yankee. He's a Tiger before he was a Met. He was a part of that big three-team trade that got Curtis to the Yankees, and it involved a lot of key players that would change the history of the baseball, including Max Scherzer going from Arizona to Detroit. Curtis Granderson is not disliked by Yankee fans by any stretch of the imagination. But if we went pound for pound statistically between Curtis as a Yankee and Curtis as a Met, and I'm not just using war on this, I'm using their overall numbers. He was a better Yankee than Met. Like I'd be the first to admit it. It's kind of what I said about Cohen, where Cohen is a clearly a better Met than better Yankee, but he had the success with the Yankees in the postseason. I think if you're just looking at the regular season numbers in 10, 11, 12, the years that Curtis were with the Yankees, he had better years. He had 40 home runs a couple of times, drove in over 100 runs. Granted, Yankee Stadium, better ballpark and all that, but he was better statistically as a Yankee. And I think if you asked a Yankee fan, what do you think of Curtis Granderson, they would shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, okay. They don't hate him. They don't love him. He's okay. We like him more. That would be my answer. We like him more. Doesn't mean he had more success with the Mets because statistically he didn't. But I think to the compliments you gave him, Met fans really liked him. Look, Curtis Granderson was never an all-star with the New York Mets. Curtis Granderson hit 30 home runs once as a Met. And when he did it, he only drove in 59 runs. Like, he wasn't exactly uh, pummeling it up. Uh, he was not statistically this prolific Met, but he was a part of of a beloved team in 2015. He made an incredible catch that unfortunately gets forgotten about in 2016 in that wild card game against San Francisco. He kept that game tied. That was the play of the game 
when he saved Noah Syndergaard from giving up an RBI double. Uh, Brandon Belt, I think, was the hitter, if memory serves correct. And we love him. We like him. Like, we think of him as, hey, that was a that was a damn good Met. And I don't think Yankee, Yankee fans think about that that way. So I think we can win the claim on Curtis Granderson, even if the numbers are clearly better for him as a Yankee than as a Met. 